Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? It's Jeff Grammer with the Albuquerque Journal, and you are listening to the Talking Grammar Podcast. I appreciate you tuning in to the latest edition of this podcast. This is episode number 10. It's been a while since the last one, but summer's winding down a little bit. School year's about upon us, and that means sports season's about upon us. I primarily cover Lobo basketball, so this is what this podcast is primarily about. It's Lobo basketball. Uh, It's not the only thing it's about. We will be talking about a, a lot of other topics throughout the year. But uh, we're about to get going on a weekly, at least, edition of this podcast. And today, like most shows will be, this is Lobo Basketball. And in Albuquerque, as most people know, Lobo Basketball is year-round, even in July. And we catch up with with an old Lobo fan favorite and a New Mexico fan favorite for sure, since he's from Los Alamos High School. We catch up a little later in the podcast with Alex Kirk. Have a long conversation with him about his future, about his past, about playing with LeBron James playing professionally overseas. Um, tells He tells some stories about uh, his his old Lobo days when he would play with uh, Corey Alford. Uh, when Alex was recovering from his back injury, he and Corey Alford would team up against former coach Ryan Miller, who's now at TCU, and uh, former Lobo player and, and one-year graduate assistant, Dries Gary. And the two of them would play uh, Alex and Corey in, in two-on-two pickup games that got pretty intense. And depending who you ask, uh, today Alex gets crack at it since he's on the podcast. He swears up and down that he and Corey uh, pretty much destroyed Derese Gary and Ryan Miller on a regular basis. And uh, give give Alex a chance to uh, to talk a little trash about that here. But Alex talks about a lot of, the, a lot of things, his, his life in Los Alamos and uh, his foundation and a lot of the good, thing he's, good things he's doing in northern New Mexico with kids um, up there. And uh, he's also, he even talks a little bit about his girlfriend who is coming to New Mexico for the first time this weekend. His girlfriend, for those who don't know, is Rachel Adams. She is a Olympic volleyball medalist. She, she uh, medaled at the last Olympic Games and... Uh, she and Alex will be in New Mexico this weekend, so she'll get her first taste of New Mexico, and uh, Alex and I will talk about some of that a little bit later, but first, um, Paul Weir had a press conference this weekend. Anytime Paul Weir has a press conference, anytime Lobo Basketball Coach has a press conference in these parts, it's certainly big news, and even in July, so when he called the presser that wasn't really about anything specific per se, it was more of a state of the program um, kind of press conference. He touched on a, a wide variety of topics and nothing that was really earth shattering, nothing that was huge news. Um, I think he just likes keeping the program out in the forefront, which is a good thing when you're trying to sell season tickets. He did mention the program has so far this offseason sold 600 new season tickets for Lobo basketball. He doesn't know what the renewal numbers are right now, but in terms of New tickets, customers that did not have season tickets last year, they've sold 600 new ones. So it's a promising sign for Lobo Athletics at a time when Lobo Athletics could use any kind of positive news. And uh, that certainly is that certainly falls under that category. Quick rundown, and I did write about um, the entire press conference. Wednesday night it posted online. It uh, was also in Thursday morning's print edition of the Albuquerque Journal. I also posted a full video that you can go watch of the press conference both on that article online at abqjournal.com slash sports, or you could go to the journal's Facebook page and the full video of the press conference is there. But I will run down right now a couple of the highlights um, and also pull some sound from that press conference so you can hear Paul's thoughts on that before getting to the interview later with Alex Kirk. One thing Paul wanted to uh, first update from a roster standpoint was that Anthony Chavez is no longer with the team. Anthony, for those who don't know, was a walk-on, a preferred walk-on. Local kid, played at Valley High, arguably the best player in the state of New Mexico this past year. Certainly made all the all-state teams and and the all-metro team for journal prep uh, editor James Yotis. And he was a point guard. He was a guy that uh, I know Paul really thought would play at some point, not just be a body on the roster, not just have a local kid on the roster to to fill a spot, but would actually get on the court at some point, maybe not as a freshman, but some point soon, or I'm sorry, some point down the road. But uh, as as Paul said, as Paul explained, and we did reach out to Anthony, did not hear back from him, but as Paul explained, he thinks Anthony just wants to be a regular student, didn't, uh, maybe wasn't feeling the, the student athlete part. Paul says he tried to talk him out of it, 
And once he realized that maybe Anthony's mind was sort of made up, he, he let him go. So Anthony Chavez will not be a Lobo. So I know a lot of local basketball fans that watched Anthony Chavez just sort of dominate the high school scene over the last couple of years might be disappointed to hear that. Um, Jordan Arroyo, he is still another local walk-on, is uh, still on the team. So local high school basketball fans, I guess, still have that to, to look forward to. A couple other player updates, Carlton Bragg, the former Kansas Jayhawk, the former McDonald's All-American, the guy who played, uh, or did not play, but transferred for one semester to Arizona State before leaving there and enrolling at UNM last January. Uh, certainly high hopes among Lobo fans for him. He's still off the limits, off limits for uh, the media to talk to. Paul Weir is not allowing the media to talk to him, not allowing him to talk to the media, while he kind of continues to jump through some hoops to satisfy Paul's uh, expectations of him. The NCAA has cleared him. He is an eligible player. Um, he is eligible to play in December after the fall semester since he did not transfer to UNM until January. UNM has filed an appeal. Hopefully, in their mind, uh, Carlton will be allowed to play at the beginning of the year. The NCAA has not yet ruled on that waiver request. And uh, regardless, at at worst, he will be available in mid-December. Um, and I guess I, I should say that depends on whether or not he meets all of Paul's expectations. Um, unspecified expectations. Paul hasn't told us in, in the media exactly what all those expectations are, and nor do I expect him to. But uh, he does want Carlton Bragg to prove himself a little bit. A uh, highly, highly regarded player out of high school. Highly regarded player when he went over to Kansas. Things didn't work out. He has now made his way to Albuquerque, and Paul wants to make sure that uh, he's committed to being a basketball player and, and a and a hardworking one at that before he kind of uh, gives him the entire uh, green light on being a part of the team. He, uh, I did watch workouts on Wednesday, full participant in workouts. Uh, I've seen him do that several times now, and uh, he's absolutely a full participant. And every workout looks like he will be a part of the team and will be a big addition to the Lobos if, if, if healthy. He's still trying to lose a little bit of weight. He uh, certainly ballooned um, up to, I will say, well above a playing weight, especially a playing weight for a team like the Lobos that is um, planning on running and gunning like they did last year, shooting a lot of threes, getting out in transition. So Carlton still has some weight to lose before he can play. But, man, there's there's no denying the talent that Carlton Bragg has and could bring to this team if and when uh, Paul Weir kind of uh, gives him the full green light, I suppose. Uh, one other player to update, Keith McGee, the point guard, the junior college point guard, who uh, won, helped led his team to a national championship this past year, junior college national championship, has not yet joined the team. He is in Albuquerque, but is still wrapping up summer classes uh, for his junior college. And once he meets those requirements, which Paul tentatively, you know, I guess anticipated might be the second week of August sometime, uh, he can then join full practice with the Lobos, and the Lobos need him. Uh, the Lobos' biggest question mark by far is at the point guard position. Frankly, they, they don't necessarily have one uh, unless Keith McGee is ready to go. So they have a freshman in Drew Drinan. Nobody on the staff is expecting Drew Drinan to, to play big minutes this year, certainly not early in the year. Maybe he develops into something that uh, thus far um, they probably haven't seen out of him. But uh, Drew Drinan is not expected to be big minutes. I think the Lobos will be in trouble if they're expecting a true freshman to uh, play big minutes at the point guard spot. Anthony Mathis, shooter extraordinaire. He's a senior. He's been working on his ball handling. He cannot play big minutes at the point guard position either. It's just not what he's best at. Jaquan Lyle, the Ohio State transfer, will have to play a lot of point guard minutes, although that is something Paul Weir and, frankly, Jaquan Lyle we're hoping wouldn't have to come to fruition. They're hoping to play him off the ball a little bit more, but uh, at some point, it's just about getting your best five players on the court. Jaquan Lyle will have to play some point guard minutes, and uh, he's a good one. I mean, he is a good point guard. Long term, they're hoping maybe they can get him off the ball a little bit more, and they think that could help the team. That probably only happens if, if everything works out well with Keith McGee getting on the court. So those are some of the player updates that Paul gave at his press conference on Wednesday. He also talked a little bit about scheduling. I know a lot of Lobo fans are wondering how, how the heck is it late July and a schedule has not yet been released. More and more as you look around the college basketball landscape, this is the norm. Uh, a lot of teams are just now starting to release their full schedules. 
So this isn't, it's not anything to panic about, but uh, we, we are at the point where it's it's a little curious as to why the Lobos haven't finalized a, um, I guess not a final schedule, not only a final schedule, but they don't have an MT, uh, one of these exempt tournaments that UC teams play every November. So here are some thoughts that, uh, that Paul gave on Wednesday about scheduling, about why they don't yet have theirs done, and, and just some other future scheduling thoughts that he has about some in-state games and stuff like that. Um, a lot of questions about our schedule, still working on it. Um, I know, you know, it's, it's that time of year where, where people are kind of looking forward to who you're going to play and when you're going to play them. Um, you know, I think as, as college basketball has kind of gone down this road of, of MTEs and really taking a concerted effort to structure your non-conference schedule the right way, these things start to get more and more complicated and dynamic as everyone's trying to kind of fill different needs. And I think there's a lot of programs still trying to finish up their schedule. I know that's the case because I'm talking to them every day. But uh, we're still trying to kind of um, put the finishing touches on an opening weekend, kind of New Mexico classic like we did last year. Uh, might be a little bit of a different format from last year. Um, on our end and, and even on some of the other teams end, but I really wanted to kind of keep that going Might not be the, the huge step. I wanted to take into year two But I, I I'm glad we're gonna hopefully be able to still do that. So we're working on that uh, I'm working on a you know, maybe another kind of in-state oriented game uh, That wouldn't be here in Albuquerque But maybe go go somewhere else around the state to kind of play a game as well just to kind of continue to um, I don't know, embrace our, our community and kind of thank uh, different areas of the, of the state of New Mexico and, and kind of bring Lobo basketball to them as opposed to always asking them to come to us. So kind of working on something there as well. And the, the biggest piece really right now is we're trying to find a good series to start on the road. Um, there's been a really good history here um, of Arizona and now Colorado and I think some really good opponents and going to start a series on the road and then getting a good home game the following year and that's probably what's dragged our schedule out the longest is I'm really trying to find a, a good opponent to go on the road and play this year that, that would obviously be a, a, a cool home game the following year as well so that's just kind of where the schedule is at. So there you go. That's, as Paul said, that's where the scheduling's at for Lobo basketball right now. I know I get asked quite a bit on social media, get some phone calls at the office every now and then, and get some emails asking me about the schedule, why we haven't reported it. There you go. There's nothing to report until Paul Weir finalizes a few games. So not expecting anything big at this point um, as they finalize that schedule, but uh, it certainly will be interesting to see if they get one of those exempt tournaments. I know the Mountain West requires it of all their teams, and as of right now, the Lobos don't have one. So we shall see how things turn out. But uh, that's that on Lobo basketball for the coming season. Let's uh, now get to our guest of honor for episode 10 of the Talking Grammar podcast, former Lobo Alex Kirk who is kind of a globetrotter, if you will, right now, bouncing around the world, 26 years old, bouncing around the world, getting paid good money to play a, a game he loves and see the world while he's doing it. So there's a lot worse things you could be doing at the age of 26. He's been spending the last few weeks out in Los Angeles area training for basketball. He was supposed to play this weekend in the basketball tournament, the $2 million winner-take-all event that uh, starting to gain a lot of popularity in his broadcast this weekend on the ESPN family of networks. He will not be playing in that anymore because his pro team in Japan has asked him not to. Um, not really asked him, but uh, let him know that he is not allowed to play in it. So he talks about that a little bit. Also talks about how um, he gets to uh, go back there soon uh, this past season and and all the things about basketball. He also talks a lot about his uh, his family in Los Alamos and, and his girlfriend, who, uh, as I mentioned earlier, is a, an Olympian. And uh, um, she's on the, they've been training, both of them, at the same facility in Los Angeles. And she's constantly training. And he talks a little bit about, about her and getting to bring her home to, to Los Alamos. She gets her first taste in New Mexico this weekend. So uh, good for Alex. Alex has always been great with us. And he was again today. Uh, phone call just recorded on, on my iPhone, uh, speakerphone on the iPhone, so the, the quality is what it is. But I uh, thought a lot of you would like to, to catch up a little bit with Alex Kirk. So here we go. Episode 10 of the Talking Grammar podcast. Special guest, Alex Kirk. I guess, I mean, let, let's start with the with the tournament, though, the, the basketball tournament. You, you, uh, you were playing, you've played in it before, 
and you're playing. You were playing for what team? Tell tell me the name of the team. Um, I played for a team called Armored Athletes. They're they're like an East Coast team. Um, honestly, I don't even remember what the connection was was with, with that. Um, but I played with them the the second the second year of the tournament of its existence. Um, and I think that was the farthest I got. I think we got to like. Maybe the final four, or maybe the game before the final four. I don't, I don't quite remember, uh, but the competition wasn't quite the same. It, that's what it was—a billion-dollar tournament then. Yeah. Um, th- then last year, I played for a team called the Stickmen, and I guess like th- this team called Everline Drive had been in, had been called Everline Drive two years before, and um, now they're just—they were—they changed the name to the Stickmen. Um, I'm not really sure why it's terrible name, but um, yeah. And so then now. Um, now they're back to being um, Everline Drive, and um, obviously, I think Saturday they're you know playing for playing in the Sweet Sixteen of the two million dollar tournament, so um, pretty big deal. And you were a part of it, man. You had some pretty big games. You uh, yeah, were, yeah. How, how many games did you play? I play, I played two games so far, and um, I think I had nineteen and eighteen, eighteen and seventeen, something like that. Pretty good numbers and um, you know really good efficiency. So I was really happy with how I was playing and. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been working hard out here out in California, so just getting ready for the next season. Also living with my girlfriend as she's training for the, with the USA uh, Women's Olympic Volleyball Team. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's been a good summer so far for me. All right, I'm going to ask you some, some more personal stuff about family and the girlfriend and stuff like that in a minute, but the, okay. uh, the, uh, the basketball tournament, you will... You you help them get to this point. Um, you got some good teammates that are friends of yours, I know, and or that you at least know through basketball and stuff. And and yeah. uh, but you have recently found out you won't be playing this weekend. Is that is that right? Tell me what's going on there. Yeah, um, I think it's kind of been like a little bit more of a club shutdown. Um, you know, the team will go on to play for the Sweet Sixteen, and um, I mean, you know, for me. Like, you know, you always want to win the money, but for me, it's kind of just a, a time to get there and play and have some fun with the different trips I've made over the years. And, uh, and like you said, I've played with a number of these guys before, against them, with them. Um, and I mean, Lou Amundsen was with me in, um, in uh, Cleveland, and then we were in that trade to New York, and uh, he, he actually stuck with New York for the rest of that season. Um, and then he was also in Japan this year playing for a team called Kawasaki. Um, and they ran out of division, so I got to play with him a couple times. Um, the head coach is David Nurse, and uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's been around. I've, I've known him since the draft, and um, this is the NBA draft, and I've worked out with him, and he's, he's the head coach of the team. And yeah, he, he's really helped me in a lot of different aspects of my life. And, um, so yeah, that, that's the, kind of the connections I have there. And, um, yeah, but I think there's, you know, obviously I wanted to play, I wanted to keep going, um, you know, because it is fun, but um, yeah, you know, when the people that uh, are paying your, paying your bills for the next 10 months are come calling, you, you don't really have much of a choice, sure. and uh, so, um, yeah, I, I gotta do that. And so, and so to be very clear, though, the, the team in Tokyo, and, and I'm sorry, the, remind me the name of the team in Tokyo. Uh, Alvar Tokyo. You guys Toyota Alvar Tokyo, yeah. And you guys just won a championship over there, um, they wanted uh-huh. you back, they... They paid you paid you the big bucks. I know. Um, I don't know what the big bucks are, but they paid you whatever they paid you that you agreed to to come back and play next year. So, so they kind of do have the call to, to shut it down. And when did you find out though that uh, they they would prefer you not continue in the uh, the basketball tournament? Uh, just a little bit after that, you know, so um, you know, I think that my agent reached out. They reached out. So, um, yeah. It's, it sucks, but no, it's just it's just part of the game, and you know, I mean, you know, there's a lot that could happen that you sure. don't want to think about, but for them, you know, I think it does matter, and um, you know, because I'm locked in on a guaranteed uh, guaranteed contract, so um, yeah, it, it kind of sucks, but um, you know, nothing I can really do about it. So right. now I get a chance to go back to the Mexico this weekend. <laughs> Are you coming back this weekend then? Yeah. yeah. All right, so you get to watch some of the basketball tournament on TV then, and, and see how they do. Uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> you don't think you will? You don't think you watch much of it? Uh, yeah, we'll see. I got a lot going on. Um, you know, this is my last weekend at home, so um, you know, I got to see everybody. Got to pack everything up, and I'll come back out here before I head back to Japan. All right, so you're gonna get uh, in a round of golf back home in uh, in Los Alamos in the other LA? Yeah, I'm hoping. I, I hope. 
hope so. I hope so. I hope that so. I'm, I'm able to go out and play with my dad and a couple of my parents. And, um, I mean, we'll see if my mom, sister, and girlfriend want to come. But you know, you know, it might it might be just uh, just the boys. But we'll see. Who's who's the best golfer in your family? Um, I guess it just depends. I mean, I, I think my dad's like really good actually for. You know, he, he, I think he put the clubs away for about 10 years while I was kind of growing up. He didn't have much time to play. While I was working, um, as, obviously, as a judge and the basketball coach, it didn't give him much time. Um, but, yeah, um, he, he's pretty good. His, his short game is pretty good. And, um, I mean, I can definitely hit it farther than him. So I think, you know, sometimes I, I, I beat him there because, uh, you know, just on pure, like, distance. Uh, but, yeah, you know, he plays from the white tees, I'll play from the blues, and so, you know, we usually we keep it pretty close. Uh, you know, I, I'd probably say I win the majority of the time, but, um, you know, this weekend he'll definitely, uh, he'll definitely beat you pretty easily. I haven't played in a while. You haven't played in a while? You haven't gotten in any rounds out in Los Angeles? Uh, no, no, no. Um, yeah, no, i just been, like, kind of focused on, you know, um, training and just uh, kind of relaxing and trying to enjoy the summer. I mean, I didn't bring my clubs out here, so um, I mean, obviously, I wish I would have, but you know, there's not that much time in the day, so you know. Well, I was figuring you might have got a round in with the Alfords or something. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, you know, um, I'm actually like, uh, well, I say I'm in LA, and my girlfriend would tell you all about this, but um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not actually in LA. I'm in Huntington Beach. And, oh, okay. Um, when I did make, when I did make the drive to uh, UCLA. I, I found out that I don't live in LA. So, um, <laughs> that's yeah, a that new. Me- that's a very New Mexico. Like, hey, I think I called everybody that would, you know, pick up the phone uh, to talk to on the way to, on the way there, and on the way back. I think like my round trip was probably like three and a half hours. Probably. That, that's so, a very New Mexico um, kind of feeling, right? Like you think you're in LA, but like you realize, man, that's like driving down to Cruces for the day or something. Seriously, seriously, but no, I, I didn't get to go up there. I saw their new practice facility. Um, I went and played in like mini pickup um, that they have over there. It's yeah. Just like one of their like one, you know, one of their side gyms, and um, that's where all like the NBA guys go and play pickup, and a lot of like good uh, overseas and college. But so yeah, that was that was really really fun to be able to experience that. Probably like, the best uh, the best like pickup I've ever played in my life. So um, I definitely enjoyed that opportunity. All right. Well, if you didn't get to play around the golf with the Alfords, though, who would have won? Because those Alfords like their golf too, man. Who's, who's the best of them? I mean, the thing is, like, I, I don't actually know. I mean, I, I'm for sure, for sure, students, but um, our coach also apologize. <laughs> um, but um, no, he's. But the thing is, like, he's, I'd, I'd rather probably play around with him and be serious, and you know, you know, be serious, and you know, and, and you know, just enjoy the competitive nature of it. And then I try to just enjoy playing around with my core and like having fun, you know. Uh, yeah, I guess I feel like Coach Alford would be a little too serious for me. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I like to just like go out there and relax, have fun, and just enjoy the day. But uh, I have a feeling, I have a feeling that he's probably pretty competitive about it. Uh, so, how long before Corey Alford's starting to make everybody call him Coach Alford too? Because I know that's a track he's on. Um, I, I think I think he's ready. Um, you know, just from having to talk to him, and um, you know, I mean he's. I think he's done the video thing for a couple of years, and um, I mean, you know, we talked about it. And I, I mean, you don't you don't know his timeline, you don't know his goals or anything like that. But to me, I think he's ready. I think he's ready for a shot. You know, maybe a small shot, but I think he's definitely ready for um, either like a mid-major assistant role, um, at maybe even like a, maybe maybe a school like New Mexico, yeah. um, or or uh, or you know maybe even a smaller school um, for a head job. Maybe, maybe even maybe even smaller than you know an NAIA two and three, but I definitely think he's ready for a shot. I've I've um, told people I think he's going to be the first Alford to uh, to come back. That that an Alford will come back one day, and it's going to be Corey somehow on that coaching staff somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you just have to look at their network, and um, you know, I think he would have great value in New Mexico. I think he would have great success there. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, I, I mean, obviously, I think uh, I wanted to get out there and have a lot of success. So, with eight years when I'm done playing, I can I can call him and get a job. But um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I know he's ready. I know he has the network. I know he has the knowledge. So um, that, that's really exciting because 
because this is his turn to shine, and I think this is his time to shine. I think, uh, you know, obviously Bryce had a pretty good playing from them, and I mean, obviously still going at still the going, pro, yeah. but collegially. Um, yeah, but I think, I think Corey's ready to take that shot as a, as a coach, you know, either as this now or a head coach somewhere. Well, I don't want to make this the Corey Alford podcast here or anything, but uh, I do want to ask you about those uh, those games back in the day with uh, didn't you and him used to play some pickup games when you were here at UNM? Sorry, say it again. That was wasn't it you and Corey that used to play some pickup games when uh, you were hurt that year you were hurt. Yeah, we would we would play against uh, we play against uh, Ryan Miller, Rhino, and um, uh, Doris Garrett. Yeah, we we had some. Uh, you know they don't they don't tell the story the same way you know rhino tells me he's oh, got the belt you know, I mean, rhino, I mean, you know, rhino is uh, you know he's, he's a he's a recruiter he's got a, he's got a tell the so he can get some recruits while he's at, you know. He, he can't have an embarrassing story about losing uh, in pickup games to, to two redheads, you know. So, um, <laughs> so they yeah, did get pretty know, intense, though, didn't they? Those games, actually, some of them were, were pretty serious, weren't they? I mean, we would we would go to our workout, you know, usually like more of a guard-oriented. And, um, you know, for me, it was just getting back in shape and just getting back the feel of the game. And then, and then we'd play. I mean, we'd play for an hour, like, you know, just two-on-two, two, just for straight hours, no screens or anything like that. We'd just, we'd just play. And, um, golly, I mean, I haven't thought about this in a couple of years, but, I mean, those were some big games, and we'd always joke about who had the belt. Um, you know, I don't know if a belt was actually bought or what happened there, but, um, you know, I, I think I think if you, if you asked anybody, I mean, I think Doris, you know, he would smile and, you know, he, you know, once three smiles, that means he's lying. So, um, you know, and Coach Miller, Coach Miller, I mean, he's a, he's a recruiter. He's like a car salesman, you know. You'll never get the truth out of him. So, um, but, I mean, definitely, I think if you asked uh, me and Corey, you know, it won't tell you the truth about what happened. I'm telling you, I, I think I've brought it up to Rhino before, and he, he seems to have a very different recollection. And he did talk about the belt, though. He did talk about the belt. I, you know, I mean... Yeah, I mean, you know, but it's the same thing. Like, I would, I would never say, I would never, you know, put the truth out there. Um, you know, because he's a recruiter. Like, he needs kids uh, to commit to the TCU, and so if these rumors got out, you know, he'd probably lose some of his credibility. So we don't, we don't want to go there. <laughs> you stay in touch with Rhino at all? Uh, you know, um, you know, they're they're pretty big time. Um, <laughs> you know, he's a pretty big time guy. Like, he's got lots going on. So I mean, of course, I wish I got to talk to him more, but yeah, he's a he's a pretty big time guy. <laughs> Who do you stay in touch with? Who, what Lobos do you stay in touch with? I know, uh, you, I, I guess I'm guessing maybe not, but uh, you still stay in touch with Cam a little bit and, and yeah, you, with, with Cam. Um, when with he, Cam, I was yeah, gonna say you've told like, me before when he has the time. Yeah, well, he's he's Cam. He's, he's Cam. That's uh, that's self-explanatory. Uh, but yeah, you know, every once in a while, I get the I get a chance to talk to him and. Um, you know, we'll, you know, we'll talk on the phone probably like once a month and we'll exchange text messages by like once, once a week, um, twice a week. And, um, yeah, you know, lately we've been talking about, um, uh, his, his, his little brother, Sean, and, um, I got, I got, um, I just had some questions for him and I guess Sean's in Milwaukee right now playing in a few tournaments. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, over here, getting some, uh, getting some good looks from a lot of, like, you know, real decent colleges and, um, yeah, I think I think he's going to be a pretty uh, a pretty good player. He's not like Cam. He's not like any of the brothers. Um, he's, yeah, he's not like the brothers or sisters really. He, he's he's a good athlete. Um, so hopefully, you know, he builds those work habits. And um, I definitely think he could be. I, if he, if he had the work ethic and the determination that you know some of them had, um, yeah, I definitely think he could do some special things. If only the Lobos had somebody on their staff that knew Cam really well. Uh, you know, I mean. I can't believe he doesn't have a scholarship offer, but you know, that's just my opinion. <laughs> it just makes sense to me. Somebody's got to get on on uh, B Mace to on Brandon Mason to uh, to uh, reach I out. I put the tweet out there. Uh, I the saw day, it, and I tagged Ryan Miller, and I think you even retweeted it. So I mean, I mean, local fans like local fans could put some pressure out there on him. I think I think that's a good, good time for them. Get another Bearstow in the in the pit. 
Um, exactly. What do you what do you remember? I mean, I, I know we've gone down this path before, and I don't want to necessarily belabor it too much. But now that you've had even a little more distance from from the time playing in the pit and playing for the Lobos, uh, what do you remember? Or if people ever ask you, you know, overseas where you played and stuff like that, what do you tell them? Or what's the memory you have that you kind of bring up more than more than most about playing for the Lobos? Well, for me, I mean, it's different. I mean, it was a lot more special for me than, you know, some of these guys. Because I was home, you know. Um, I got to look up and ask, I mean, you saw this. I mean, a number of times before warm-ups was over, I ran up into the stands and I got to, you know, talk to my family, talk to my aunts and uncles, my sister, my friends. I mean, have to have my best friends on the, on the staff of the, of the managers, you know. So, um, for all me, I think I think just, just being there, just being home just meant a lot to me. Um, you know, who knows how things would have turned out if I like if you to Arizona, you know, that's what I was committed, that's what I was kind of going to get. Um yeah, I mean, um yeah, you know, so just just being home and, you know, just some of those relationships. I mean college was college was special. It was it was definitely difficult at times and um, you know, I mean I went from you know, I went from being mile high to, you know, hurting my back and being as low as you possibly can be and then building myself all the way back up. So I think it kinda, you know, showed just kind of the person I am and um, you know, that took a lot that took a lot for me to get out of there. And, um, I think that even made some of those relationships I created back then even more special just because, you know, they're the people that really helped me get get me back up on my feet. Um, and you know, help me become a pro. The uh, I guess your your time at UNM. Um, obviously, the playing career was was a great one. You you went on to to play in the NBA. It's hard to question the uh, anybody that that gets to play in the NBA. Do you ever think about whether or not you wanted or you should have come back for one more year, or was the NBA playing for the opening night roster for the Cavs? I mean, was that validation enough, or do you ever think you wanted to to do that last year? If I, if I could do it again, I would have left the year before, honestly. Yeah. Like, serious. I mean, college is great. Um, college is great. I mean, it, it, it is a cool experience. It was fun. Um, you know, I got my degree. Um, you know, being able to play on that Team USA for the university games was an unbelievable achievement to me. I'll never forget that. Um, but if I could do it all over again, I probably would have left after that Harvard year. You know, obviously, I wish we would have won, and I probably would have, you know. And then it had nothing to do with anybody else but me myself, you know. Um, I think, uh, not that, I don't think I stopped working hard or anything like that. I just don't know if I had the same knowledge that I did now, but I learned as a pro. Um, and I think, uh, not that I wasted that last year, but, you know, I I kind of got put in the backseat a little bit that last year and just kind of coasted the year out and just kind of was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to leave. Like, let's just get there. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, that was a little unfortunate. Um, but, I mean, like, we had great teams, so it wasn't like, you know, I can't complain about any of it. Um, but to come back for that, um, that last year, I mean, maybe I think about it a little bit, you know, just like, you know, I could have padded those stats a little bit. You know, my name yeah. would have been, a little bit higher <laughs> in, some, in some of those points and sure. stuff like that, but really, really that doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me, you know, maybe it, it does stuff for other people, you know, um, but you, but, I mean, the the, uh, the the reality of it is you, especially as a big man who had a back injury and, and uh, you, I mean, all that, you, you lost a year of earning potential um, in a career that is a very limited window for of earning potential. So, yeah. I mean, the, those are the things fans don't like thinking about, but, but they're the realities a player has to has to consider. Exactly. Exactly. And, I mean, we, we made a smart decision. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, an overnight, like, hey, let's, Let's just leave you and I. Let's just leave my home and let's go see what the hell is going to happen next. You know, it was, it was yeah. a thought out. It was a thought out um, transition. Um, you know, obviously my whole family was there. You know, I think even my friends had input. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, obviously it didn't make Coach Neil happy, and obviously, you know, some of the staff wasn't wasn't pleased with my decision. But um, I did feel like they supported me going forward. You know, sure. did they help me going forward? I, I mean, I don't know. Did they hurt me? I mean, who knows? You know, I, I, I heard both from different NBA teams. And, um, you know, but I mean, I'm happy. I mean, I'm in a great position now and making, I mean, making a lot of money. And, um, you know, I mean, not that that's the only thing that it comes down to is, you know, I'm, I'm happy with life. You know, I, I hope, you know, I don't just end up in Japan forever. 
sure. you know, I'd, I'd like to get back to your league. I'd like to get back to, um, to the NBA. I mean, I know I can play at those levels, like, no question, like, no hesitation. I know that I belong in those situations. Um, but you have to do what's best for you. You have to do what's best for your family. You have to do what's best for your future family. And, you know, that's just my thought process. And, you know, I'm happy with everything. Well, you, you've told, you told me earlier that you're in the best shape you've ever been in. You're, you're feeling pretty good about your game. How, how old are you right now? Yeah, 26. So you're 26. You're feeling like, as, are, are, am I right to say, the best shape you've ever felt? Uh, yeah, I'd say I'd say the best shape I've ever been in. I mean, I'll, I'll, when I got to Cleveland, I was in pretty good shape, like you know, okay. you know, body fat wise. But I didn't have it; like it just wasn't there. I just I think I lost a lot of weight really fast. You know, I probably said I left college at like two seventy five. If you went back and looked at the combine, I mean, shoot, I might have been like two forty eight, two forty six when I stepped on those scales. Okay, and what that's. That's three months, three and a half months, and um, yeah, you know, I, honestly, I we I just talked to uh, I just talked to Rachel, my girlfriend, about this in the car. Like, we literally, we're talking about it after after she had training and I had training today. And, yeah, I mean, it's true. Like, I just never felt I never felt that. Um, you know, I just didn't have that pop. I just didn't. Like, not that I'm a extremely great athlete, but I just never. I just didn't feel good. Um, and then obviously, you know just sitting there and just watching a lot and even just playing in the new league didn't really help. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, I think right now I'm just, like, taking care of my, myself really, really well. Um, you know, that I think, I think it, it comes back a lot to me, but I think, uh, you know, um, she's helped me a ton on that. Um, you know, just, like, you know, ways to eat, just, you know, being an athlete, like, even with my mindset, you know, I see everything that she goes through and, um, you know, I've just learned a ton from her, and like she's, you know, it's just like really nice support base. Not that my family wasn't there for her before, but it's just like almost on another level. Like, you know, I mean, just imagine like you know waking up and you know I'm I'm watching that I'm sitting across the table from an Olympian, so it's it's pretty inspiring. And she's pretty pretty uh, been, been really really good for me, not only for basketball but in life. Well, you, the door's wide open now. Tell us about this girlfriend. Who Who is she? And, and for those that don't know, um, tell us a little bit about that volleyball experience. Sorry, say it again? The, the girlfriend, that, you know, who, tell us a little um, bit about who she is and about the volleyball background for those that don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, uh, Rachel Adams is her name, and she played in, uh, she played in, she played in Rio, um, the Rio Olympics, and I guess that was 2016. Um, and she's planning on playing, and, and she will in 2020 in Tokyo. Yeah, it's in Tokyo. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it's, that's pretty pretty cool. Really, um, how, have, well, how did you meet her? Um, um, we were both in Istanbul at the same time. So yeah, so that's a pretty good story. She's from Cincinnati. I'm from Los Angeles, New Mexico, and Istanbul, Turkey. Um, she was playing for a team named Zakabashi. I don't know where she is, but she's probably laughing at me how I say that. But um, and then um, and then I was playing for Anadolu Efes um, in Istanbul too. And yeah, you know, I mean, um, yeah, small world, and uh, you know, we ended up we ended up meeting, and yeah, it's been uh, it's been a really really enjoyable ride so far. The uh, was she in Japan some last year? I remember. I mean, you're all over Instagram. Did you? Uh, yeah. Um. So so she had. The tournament was, I think it was called Grand Prix last year. Okay. And she had that in, um, yeah, it's crazy. The national team schedule is wild. So, um, yeah, I'll start with that. And so, so I think it was in September or October, she was in Grand Prix in Japan with the national team. And I was able to watch a couple of games there. That, that was a really big tournament. That was a really big tournament. There was a lot of good teams there. So that was pretty fun to watch in Japan. And then after that, she stayed and visited me for I don't know. I want to say like maybe like five days, okay. um, and then she went on to uh, she went on to play for her team in Istanbul. So we were quite a bit of ways away from each other. Um, she came at Christmas when my family came, so because she, she had a little bit of a break. Um, yeah, we all, and I went. And then I went to Turkey with her for two days. We had we had seventeen days before our next game, but we uh, I only had like three days off, so I was in the air for like at least a day. And I, then I got um, round trip, and then I got a couple of days to stay with her in Turkey. So that was cool to be back in Istanbul with her. Um, and then after her season, she came and stopped by before she 
then continued to fly to LA. Um, so she got to watch it. I think she watched a couple of games in Okinawa. There's a big military base there. It's an island yeah. off of Japan. So we yeah. had a couple of games there. Um, and then, and then there's a tournament called the VNL, and it's for it's for national teams. It's like a national team league where they where they there's four teams, so you play three games at each um, at each spot. And it was wild. So she started in Nebraska for the first week. Japan, she was in Toyota, Japan, which was just a few hours train ride for me. So I got to go see her there. Then after that, she went to um, to Thailand. After that, she went to China. From China to Argentina. Argentina, she then went, she came back to Los Angeles that off week, and I had already come back to the United States, so I was able to come back and meet her then. And then after that, she had finals week in, uh, in China. And uh, yeah, they won the whole, they won the whole championship, so it was, it was a pretty big deal for them to win. You know, I mean, that's quite the trip and quite the month and a half, month and three weeks, so that was a huge achievement for them to be able to win that. Um, and then, yeah, she came back here, and um, yeah, we've been just, uh, you know, she still trains every day, and so then I've been able to train at the same facility in Anaheim. Okay. So yeah, we've just been staying at an Airbnb in Huntington Beach. That's that's pretty cool, man. I mean, it, of all those places, though, has, has she have you been able to get her back to Los Alamos yet? No, that's uh, that's this weekend. <laughs> so she's going to experience New Mexico for the first time, or at least Los no. Alamos? Yeah, no, first, first time. Yeah, that'll be her first time, and so it'll be a super quick trip. Um, the, the the women's national team plays against Japan on tomorrow tomorrow night here in uh, here in California and then I think uh, maybe Saturday we'll we'll head out to New Mexico and so yeah it, it'll be exciting I mean it, just for me you know wanting to get back and say you know hey and bye to everybody in about two hours and um, then and then uh, you know just for her to see kind of like where I grew up and everything like that I mean. Honestly, you've been to Los Alamos. Like, how do you describe it to somebody? You know, yeah. so it, that's been, it's always been pretty difficult. It's like, yeah, there's a big science lab, though, and I don't know what people picture when they hear that. Yeah. But yeah, it, it can't be the most positive. But um, you know, so yeah, it'll be good. Do Los Alamos have the statue made of you yet? You know. You know, I mean, <laughs> I don't even think I could get a jersey hung in the in the gym. I mean, it's like, come on now, you, you Mr. Hilltopper. Yeah, no, exactly. If I played anywhere else, it would have been, you know, I would I would have a statue in New Mexico. Like if I played any other high school, but you know, academics come first, you know, all that stuff. So um, <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to you know do much in Los Alamos. I know we're kind of um, joking around a little bit about it, but you you obviously have done quite a bit back back home um for those that don't know uh the foundation and some of the stuff you've done i mean you you uh i don't know how big it is i don't know what the donations are but you're, you're doing something and it's uh was it the ymca that this this summer honored you and, and you had given some scholarships to or some shoes or something man we, we did a lot this summer uh we really did do a lot um i want to say we sponsored three basketball camps and, and tell people the name of the foundation yeah, yeah, no, but this this was the foundation, yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the Alex Kirk Foundation. We sponsored three basketball camps. I think we we did one. We either like refinished a, a court down in Española. We gave two scholarships to two kids in Los Alamos, and then we gave another another scholarship down in um, in uh, Española. Um, I want to say we gave at least a thousand to a couple of the golf courses to promote like you know youth golf at some of the at some of these places yeah. um we definitely did it in los alamos so that was that was big for me that that one was pretty special uh, i mean they're all pretty special and then we gave uh we gave some we gave some money to uh to a part of the youth program at uh university of new mexico at los alamos so um yeah you know that, that, that stuff is really special to me i mean I, and my dad works really hard on it um, Um, yeah, you know, like just pitch your ideas because we're always looking for stuff to do. Um, 
it's hard for me to be, you know, there a lot of the times, but yeah. it's definitely, um, I definitely do have some resources and stuff like that, and hopefully we can team, to that, team together and, you know, keep, keep doing some good stuff. I'm definitely enjoying all the work that we've been able to do. And is Pops the guy behind a lot of that? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, you know Pops, he's, he's an incredible guy, so. Um, he doesn't have yeah, enough he, to he do? Does lot, he does a lot. He doesn't have enough to do, so you're giving him a foundation to help run, huh? I mean, he's running a campaign right now, so he's, he's uh, you know, that's been a lot of his focus. Um, he's running for judge again in the fall, um, the municipal judge in Los Angeles, so he's, he's pretty stressed out about that, and he's been working really, really hard um, on that. And, um, you know, we'll see how it does. I mean, I always joke with him and tell him, like, oh, like, he's, he's pretty much ran the community for 40 years, so I, I'm excited to see you know, just to see, like, what happens. But he, he really has worked really hard on that. And so that, you know, that just, I mean, that's, that's the guy who, you know, made me who I am. So it's definitely, like, inspiring to see him. Even, even you know, even at a, a joke that him and him and my mom, my mom, Patsy, I'm getting old. But, you know, I mean, even at that age, he's still, he's still working extremely hard to, you know, you know, keep his job and, um, you know, not a lot of people have to, you know, keep their jobs like, you know, even me or him, you know, he's got to run for office and I got to, I got to produce a little court. So, um, you know, it, it's fun to watch him work hard and, you know, be inspired to, you know, help Los Alamos for another four years. Well, both of them too. I mean, your, your parents, uh, a lot of people did get to meet them through the years, but, uh, um, uh-huh. you know, obviously not everybody, but I know people through Lobo basketball were able to meet them and know about it. But I mean, both your parents are great people, great New Mexicans, and have been a part of a lot of this. Not just with you in basketball, but they get involved in so much else. So um, they're good people, man. They really are. Yeah, thank you. I mean, they, they, they really are. They're, they're, uh, you know, they made me who me and my sister are. Um, you know, they've. I mean, they've accepted. They've done a lot. They've sacrificed a lot for me. Obviously, and my sister, honestly, just, you know, from ever, ever since I've been really little, you know, I've had a lot of opportunities, but, I mean, a lot of the, you know, a lot of those opportunities wouldn't have been able to, you know, been taken advantage of, if that's the right way to say it. Yeah. Um, you know, to, without them, I mean, for sure, I mean, you gotta, even you go back to the AAU days, my dad was going, you know, once a week to Houston with me, you know, like, for a whole, for a whole, like, you know, three, four months to, during the recruiting process and all that stuff. He took all my business with me, you know. So, you know, without that, I'm definitely out where I am right now. And, um, you know, they really are incredible people, you know. And, um, yeah, it's been it's been good. I mean, it's tough to be away from them for so long, you know. Um, but I think they're like, they're, I'm just hoping that I make them proud, you know. And, yeah. and all of them, and I think, yeah, like you said, a lot of people got to meet a lot of you and yeah, you know, they, they really were great people. But they really did enjoy everybody there. You know, they really, really did enjoy all the love they got, you know, throughout the years while I was playing there. All right, I'll wrap this up with some kind of rapid fire. You can give me a quick answer to, to a few of these, and then we'll wrap things up here. Um, some sure. from the past, some just kind of hypothetical stuff. But uh, what was it uh, What was it like playing with LeBron James? Amazing. Every day you got to learn. and uh, Yeah, a really, really good experience. You told me a story once, um, and I'm going to ask about it again. The uh, was it opening night, or maybe it was just an exhibition game where uh, LeBron and, and the Cavs had you and the rookies uh, lead the team out to out on the court, right? Yeah, I mean, but this is me being a good guy. We're, we're coming back to this again. This story is this story is. I mean, Joe Harris was the one that ran out there. <laughs> if I could do it again, I would have just let him run out there by himself because he's still making money in the NBA, and I'm having to go over to Japan every year to play, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he tried to fool us, and he had done it in the past with guys like uh, Dexter Pittman. I think, he, you know, he did it throughout the years. And once I saw, I saw it coming, and, you know, then all of a sudden they're like, you know, go with them. And I was like, all right, you know, I got stuck here. I'm pretty sure like, I've gotten way more crap for it than Joe Harris has, but it's okay. I can I can do it. And for those that don't remember, basically it's uh, we're going to let the rookies lead the team out on the court, the lights are out or whatever, before a game, and team runs out on the court, and basically they let you guys run out, and it was just the two of you, and they didn't run out with you, right? Exactly, and I mean, we're already, we're already nervous enough, you know. I'm not going to say I had to wear, like, double spandex that game, but, I mean, it's not, it wasn't fair. I mean, I was already nervous enough, and, you know, obviously, if they say that, I'm go, you know, we're out there looking like, it is a good story. I like telling it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't the one that did it, so I like telling it. Um, all right. <laughs> B- 
best high school player in New Mexico you remember playing against? Best high school player that I played against? Yeah, from your high school days, obviously. From my, yeah, from my high school days. Um, or, or team. Maybe it was a team. Uh, oh. Sorry, say it again? Or, or team. Like, what team was maybe the best team you went against or the best player? I mean, are we talking ADU or are we talking just strictly New Mexico? Well, well, both. Let's go with the high school one first. I mean, you had some battles with, like, people that don't know northern New Mexico basketball, probably don't understand what it's like playing in Espanola's gym or some of those good St. Mike's teams even. I mean, those those are some tough games. Those are good, yeah. Man, there's so many guys. Man, um, you know, I mean, to try to keep it, um, you know, obviously I was pretty good friends with a kid named Michael Michael Maya out of Valley. He was tough. He was cold. Okay. Um, we, 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 Espanola's probably best player was a uh, – the. Those later years, I would definitely say uh, Rodney Rocket Cole. Yeah, that guard, right? The guard. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was Rodney. We always called him Rocket. And I, I talked to him recently. Yeah, he was an extremely good guy, but man, he was fast. And yeah, those those gyms were those gyms were rowdy. You know, you get to the free throw and the team crackers are getting thrown at your dad and at you, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, that was some experiences, you know. I'm not sure how 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 good the refereeing was back then, but when I get double teamed walking up the court, both guys are hugging me from both sides. I'm not sure. How people are. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure the kids from Los Angeles got a lot of love there. But um, what about yeah, AAU? Um, I'd have to go probably with my late teammate Toby Oyedidi. Uh, I remember the whole team get recruited to Mexico, Texas A&M. Um, yeah, obviously. I mean, he passed. He passed on prom night of our senior year. Um, he played with me in Houston hoops. Um, besides that, I mean, I played. God, I played against everybody. I mean, I played against Kyrie. I played against. Um, you know, I played against. Uh, I mean, Kyrie, Kyrie, Harrison Barnes was up there. Um, God, um, sorry, every day it's slipping my mind. No, right well, now, you were you were in. I mean, people that don't remember. Um, I mean, you you were in all these top hundred camps and stuff like that. You were you were yeah, right there with I mean, all of them. I was, I was with everybody. I mean, I mean, I walked into Cleveland and I knew half the locker room just because you know the AAU days. I played against Dion Waiters. Yeah, he, was, he wasn't a nice guy then. He's not a nice guy now. But <laughs> uh, obviously, Kyrie. Um, you know, so I knew I knew him for I knew him since high school. It's super, super good guy. The, the chillest dude you ever meet. Um, yeah, obviously yeah. Harrison Barnes is in Dallas. Um, some of the younger guys, Andre Drummond. Yeah, yeah, he he looked he looked like a grown man when he was like fourteen years old. Um, but yeah, shoot. Well, move, yeah. moving along to the overseas then. Um, how how good is I mean how the the upper levels of basketball overseas for somebody here that just doesn't understand how good it is how, how good is the highest level over there and and um, who are some of the players over there that maybe stand out that you you kind of wonder why they're not over in the NBA? Let, let me start with this: if you're a basketball fan and you don't understand like about Euroleague, you don't understand about Euroleague. Like yeah. it is literally tw- it costs twenty dollars for a whole season of Euroleague on. EuroLeague TV. Right. It costs $20. And you can watch every single year of the game, including the playoffs. And, like, it is, it is, I mean, it is, like, professional basketball and college football combined. Like, it is incredible. Like, I still watch all those games, and I'm not even, like, in EuroLeague anymore. Like, I mean, obviously, I have friends and stuff like that. But, no, I mean, the thing with that is, like, it was tough. It's a tough road, you know. And, and I mean, um, my girlfriend pretty much plays in the EuroLeague of volleyball, so, like, she, she even understands that. Yeah. And he was for sure, for sure, he, he, he could have been on any NBA team 
absolutely, you know, six five, six six, six seven, with absolutely one of the most bouncy players I've ever, you know, experienced um, being around. But he was incredible. Um, and yeah, it was a really sad situation, I think. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I played with some really, really good guys. But you know, I, play, I played against this Luka Doncic. Um, you know, he was at Real Madrid. I played against Jeffrey Taylor from Hobbs. He was at Real Madrid. Um, man, there's so many, so many good players overseas, and um, you know, they so, you know, they get their chance to come over and play. Yeah. Um, you know, I played on some really, I played against some really good teams, and we were also really, really good. Um, you know, that year we, we were one game away from making it to the final four of the Euroleague. Um, I mean, I think anybody understands that if you're in the Final Four, it's a big deal. And, um, but yeah, yearly Final Four would have been, um, yeah, it would have been pretty life changing for me, like career wise. I think, uh, I think I'd still be in yearly if we if that had happened. Sure. What about coaches? If there's one coach, any level that you haven't played for that you would have liked to have played for, any coach that you just sort of have never been able to play for, you wish you could. I mean, it's hard to say, like, not Coach K. Um, I was a little bit of a Duke fan growing up. Yeah. Um, you know, that was that was just watching him and listening to him. I think it would have been, I don't know, he probably would have, you know, cussed me out just like every other coach has. But, sure. um, you know, uh, probably, like, playing for him would have been, um, you know, pretty unbelievable. But I, I've been pretty lucky with coaches. Um, yeah, some of these uh, last few years I've had some Serbian coaches and, um, you know, Yugoslavian coaches, and yeah, you know, a little bit less fun, but um, yeah, you know, it's been, um, it's, I've been really lucky, you know, even starting with my dad, I think he was, <laughs> the, I think he was, you know, I think, you know, I think he was incredible, obviously I'm biased, but the man knew what everything, and he still does, I mean, the fact that he can, like, just listen to me say something, if he doesn't even have to watch the game, and I can tell him how I felt during the game, and he knows exactly what I did wrong, you know, like, yeah. it's, his knowledge, not his knowledge of the game, but just his knowledge of my game is is unbelievable. I mean, I think he's, he he doesn't even need to like see things that you know my coach could have watched the game and would never even seen. You know, so um, yeah. So I'm obviously I'm biased. I was like, yeah, he's probably my favorite. All right, Paul Weir, have you met him yet? <laughs> I mean, we've talked. Yeah, <laughs> it hasn't it hasn't it hasn't been a lack of effort on both sides. Um, you know, I, I stopped by, I think, three times this year, different camps and at different moments. And, um, it was just, just unlucky timing, I think, all three times this yeah. summer. Um, and obviously, you know, obviously super busy. You know, I mean, I'm a nobody, so it's not really a big deal. You know, I'm sure if Tony Snell walked in the building, it'd be a little bit different. But, um, yeah, you know, I mean, no big deal. I mean, but I have talked to him, and I know he's like he's a, a really, really incredible human being and coach. Um, so, um, yeah, obviously I'm happy that he's in New Mexico and all I'm hoping is he, you know, has success, but, you know, not too much. Let's, let's start with a couple 20 win seasons and just work our way up and, <laughs> and then so he doesn't, he doesn't take off too fast, um, you know, um, but obviously, I mean, he's going to be a big time coach and, um, you know, you know, I mean, I'm joking when I say that, I know, but I, I hope he has a ton of, I hope he has a ton of success. I hope he, you know, takes the team to the Sweet 16 Elite Eight. And then he can, you know, obviously, uh, you know, move on to the next, uh, where he belongs, you know. He, he belongs to the power school eventually. And, um, yeah, but from what I'm hearing, is incredible workhorse and uh, great drive. And, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely think he's changing some of these kids' lives and stuff. So I'm happy, that, I'm happy for that. How much crossover did you have with Joe Firstinger? Um... Uh, in regards to like, was he was he there when you recruit? Like, you were still there when he was being recruited, right? And he came right after you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's I, yeah, that's exactly how it went. Yeah. I guess I'm just curious about when you looked at last year's team, guys like Sam Logwood, who I think you probably didn't cross over with, with at all. Um, and then like you see a guy like Joe Firstinger kind of come out of his shell a little bit and and have the season he had. Um, did did you as following along from afar? you kind of get caught up a little bit in Lobo basketball, maybe maybe kind of on the comeback? I mean, oh, of course I would check it out, you know. I would always, you know, make sure, you know, I mean, just like the ESPN app, and I, I was able to watch a couple games, and of course, I, you know, I talked to everybody I could about it. I talked to my, I talked to my dad about it almost every time they played, you know. We talked about how they did and everything like that. 
Um, I do know Joe a little bit, by, and I do know uh, Sam a little bit. Um, you know, I've exchanged messages with him. I saw Joe this summer a little bit. Um, it's an interesting guy, to say the least. But, yeah. you know, I think he has a, I think he has a good time. Um, and I think he just signed. I think he just signed a um, – I looked last night. Where yeah. Was it? He did. I forget. I just. Um, I even tweeted about it, and I forget where he signed. But he got his first. He got his first pro deal. Yeah, he got his first pro deal. And honestly, like that's all it is. It's just, you just gotta open a door. And I, I did tell him. I did tell him there. Make sure it's somewhere where you can just go dominate. Um, so I hope he goes down and plays really well. I mean, I have everything about that. I heard one of the players. I don't know who they were, but I think. They signed in Italy, like A2 or something like yeah. that. Yeah, Antonio Jackson, um, so, I think, had his... his... Yeah, I, I don't know him at all. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but, you know, I mean, that's cool. I mean, you know, pros are pros, you know, so it's cool that they're, you know, developing some guys to become pros that, you know, maybe were on a rough patch or, you know, even like Joe, I mean, before the, the season, I think that was a pretty big surprise, you know. I don't yeah. think anybody expected that to come. And definitely when it did, I mean... Damn, if he had done that a year and a half, I mean, he'd be playing Division One in a in a big country. You know, yeah. he, he would have had more of a, a Tim a Tim Williams uh, start to a career. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, I, I do keep in contact with some of the guys overseas. You know, I mean, Pancake, I think, is going to have a good career. I think Daniel needs to get back on track, and um, yeah, I mean, I think Cam's going to get back on track this year, and um, so obviously Drew's still doing his job. Um, I mean, Jr. seems like he's in a different country every week, but you know, I think you know, I think that's that's his personality, and I think you know, that's really that really is exciting for you know to see a, see a lot of us doing good things. And who wore better, number fifty three, Daniel Ferris or Alex Kirk? I mean, that's tough. Anyway, uh, on the court, I mean, I probably have to you know give it to myself as being confident, but. I mean, I would, I can't ever, I can't ever, you know, just be the person that Daniel Ferris is, and, you know, Daniel Ferris and Roman Martinez are, you know, they're legends on the court, but they're legends off the court, too, they were, they were incredible, they're incredible people, um, you know, just to be around, and uh, I still talk to Daniel quite a bit, I forgot, yeah, he's still playing, and, um, yeah, he, he really is a good guy, like, he, he, he is, and, um, Seriously, yeah, honestly, I can't say enough. He, he's just a super, super good guy. And, um, you know, he's always been there for me. I think he's always been there for guys like Kendall. And, uh, um, he's always been there for guys like can You know, just, he's just a good vet, you know. And um, obviously, I wish I got the chance to play with him. I think that would have honestly been, you know, a pretty good experience for me. But I'll never forget, you know, coming in as a freshman and him playing pickup with us. What's it? Absolutely just going there. Put me on the verge of tears, honestly, and uh, um, you know me having to go into Coach Alford and Coach Neal's office, and then hey, pick up your head. He's he's a pro. He's a pro. He's a good player. Like he's a pro, and you know, but you know, it, it was good for me. And um, no, I, I really do owe him a lot of things. Like he, he definitely had a huge influence on my career. All right, this is it, and I'm gonna let you go. You're bringing the girlfriend right. to New Mexico for the first time. Are you going to the yeah. frontier? Is there somewhere in Los Alamos you got to go? What's the one kind of other than with family, the one place you got to go when you're here? Oh, man, um, I'll start with this. Green Chili and me did not have a good summer when I got back. And okay. I don't know what it was, but whatever like, got my stomach going, I struggled. Red Chili was fine. Um, golly. So you got to work your way back into the green. Okay. You do. You have to work your way back into it. You do. Um, and I'm trying. I want a sponsorship deal with Hatch. You know, the canned green chili. I gotta get something with them so they can just start shipping it over to Japan. Um, so if anybody has contacts out there, yeah, give it, hit me up. Um, but um, God, um, uh, there's a place in Española called La Casina. Yeah. And man. Um, Man, I love that place. Um, but hey, I mean, I guess we could just put it out there on Twitter and just see, see which restaurant comes to the rescue and who wants. Uh, like, I mean, I guess we can. I don't know if she's not listening, but you know, there's a bronze medal Olympias coming to uh, New Mexico, so 
Uh, whoever wants to, you know, give her her first taste of New Mexican food, I guess we could we could just start out. We could just have an auction for it, maybe or something. I, I like it. I like it. I like your thinking. <laughs> That's spoken like a like a pro athlete looking for some endorsements. A guy running a foundation, always looking for different ways to help out, different projects. You're you're a different guy now, man. You're you're not a college for kid sure. anymore. You're a pro. I really just I really hope she's not listening to that because she'll be pissed. But it's okay. <laughs> Awesome, man. Alex, hey, man, I appreciate appreciate the time, man. I know you're going to have fun playing in in Japan again, and uh, you guys did really good this past year. Now, you got to, you guys, you you set the bar pretty high, so you're going to have a tough time to repeat that. First year, first year, brand new team, brand new coach, and you win a championship. Yeah, no pressure on the second year, right? Yeah, good luck with that. Um, but it looks like you're having fun. For those that don't know, you're you're all over Instagram and and Twitter and, and kind of chronicling your time there, so people can follow you there. But hey, man, I appreciate the time. I hope some people do reach out and maybe get in touch with your foundation and and if they have some ideas. But uh, Alex, man, I appreciate the time. No, uh, for sure. Thanks for having me on the podcast, and obviously. You know, you're my favorite, favorite journalist out there, so <laughs> I love when you do all the articles on me and everything like that, so I do appreciate all of that. I appreciate um, you, man. Thanks. All right, man. We'll talk soon. Good luck, man. All right, there you go. There was episode 10 of the Talking Grammar podcast, and that was Alex Kirk, the UNM graduate, the Los Alamos High graduate, the now globetrotting professional basketball player who's bouncing around the world and uh, making a little money doing it, getting to play basketball. So good for him. Uh, again, thank you, Alex, for your time. Always been gracious with it. If you like this podcast, you got to let me know about it. you got to let my bosses know about it. If, if you think this is something the Albuquerque Journal should continue doing, give them some feedback. You can always get me for the feedback. Uh, email is ggrammar at abqjournal.com. You can get me on Twitter, at Jeff Grammar. And uh, I'm there way more than I should be, so... Uh, you can pretty much always give me feedback on Twitter and I'll I'll probably respond to it. So let me know what you think. Some future episodes of this podcast coming up. Not all will be Lobo Basketball. There will be some other topics. We'll, we'll sort of unveil those as we go. But this is going to start being more of a regular thing for a while. And uh, hopefully weekly. And Paul Weir, the Lobo Basketball coach, has, has told me he will be on the podcast frequently if, if I ask him to. If his... Uh, if we need that and his coaches will be available his players will be available so I, I plan to hold him uh, to that on hold the UNM to that and hopefully we we get a little bit more regular coverage of Lobo basketball on this podcast and in all the formats of the Albuquerque Journal and you can catch up on any of our past podcasts and future podcasts by going to abqjournal.com sports and right there on the sports page of the Albuquerque Journal's website there is a, a link to the Talking Grammar podcast. All past episodes, all future episodes, you can get there. Once again, appreciate your time. Episode 10 of the Talking Grammar podcast. It's been fun. Until next time, guys. Thanks for listening.